Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda hernandez Jaimes, and this is Ellas. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Ellas. And on the 17th episode, I have the great pleasure and honor to introduce today's guest. She is a singer-songwriter, musical artist who has released two albums, Mi Viaje de Nuevo León to the New York Island and Alegría. She has been hailed by Billboard as one of the Latin children's music artists you should know. And her music has been featured on NBC's Visiones, Sears XM Kids Plays Live, and WXPN's Kids Corner. She has performed in renowned venues and festivals such as the Getty Museum, Austin City Limits, Madison Square Park, Battery Park, Conrad Park Summer Stage, Kids Lollapalooza, and most recently, today, Sekestrom Center for the Arts. Welcome, Sonia de los Santos. Thank you so much. Hi. Hi. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And to our listeners, um, I just finished watching Sonia sing here in Sekestrom, and it was a beautiful concert. You brought me to tears. It was it was really happy tears. And <laughs> I was telling my mom that I would have wished to have you when I was a child, because as a first generation Mexican American. I had Tatiana, you know, <laughs> but she lived in Mexico and I don't know if she had concerts here, but hearing my land is your land and I'm getting emotional right now <laughs> in Spanish, it really connected to with me and just hearing the words in my first language and, you know, reassuring me that this is my land. It was powerful and thank you. It's so thank you, thank you. I um, you're making me cry. <laughs> uh, that's exactly uh, why why I do what I do, and and uh, everything you've heard me uh, say on stage, um, ha it's is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like all the messages that we present, either with the songs, uh, introducing the songs or the kind of instruments or how we interact with each other on stage or and with the audience. Um, it, it's, it's part of the message that we want to convey. So I'm glad it touched you in that way. I grew up <laughs> listening to Tatiana <laughs> and she actually lives in Monterrey, my yes. hometown. So it was uh, it was a much closer artist. But you're right. Like we when when I grew up, at least um, There were only very few music, mm -hmm. uh, children, music artists. And everything was geared, you know, very childlike. Yes. Uh, there was not a lot of, of what you see today as family music, which mm -hmm. is what I try to do is really have a shared experience between the children and the parents and sometimes the grandparents because we play songs um, Uh, you know, new versions of older songs that we remember from 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 older days. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what we're trying to to do. That you know, so people like you can connect to it. Um, the message specifically about you know this land is your land. What you were referring yes. to is um, "Esta es tu tierra." I wrote that version in Spanish, 
at the shows, uh, well, we, we recorded it entirely in Spanish, but at the shows we do a bilingual version. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I, I encourage everyone to sing in English too. Um, yes, we need that message yes. right now. Uh, I know I need to hear it. Uh, I know my people need to hear it. And I know people who don't speak Spanish, but that see me and my band doing it in Spanish need to hear it, even mm -hmm. if um, they speak another language, yes. you know. Uh, sometimes I say, if you know the chorus of this song in any other language, uh, feel free to sing it. Uh, the hand motions work in every language, yes. right? Uh, it is something we can all connect to. So, yeah, thanks for saying that. Yes, and I think not only the hand motions connect to people, but music and art in Ha really has no borders and seeing you sing with your band mm -hmm. it definitely shows that it's yes music with doesn't matter the language or if you're speaking in, in singing in spanish or in english you understand because the flow of the music the the feeling that you put into singing you, you connect with it and mm -hmm. i was so happy to witness that today and you just reassured me that message and it's important to hear this message, especially in this political climate. And I want to begin with, how do you, how do you define yourself? We are living in an age where people see us and they automatically assume something of us mm -hmm. because of our skin color, because of how we speak, mm -hmm. of how we dress. And how do you define yourself? Uh, as a person, I define, well, I'm, I've, I identify as a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I say I'm Mexican. I became an American citizen uh, a couple years ago. So I still say, you know, sometimes I say I'm Mexican-American. They say, oh, were, were you born here? I said, mm -hmm. no. But I am American by choice, which which is huge. Like, I think it's a huge statement, too. Yes. Um, I was born and raised in Monterrey, Mexico, and, uh, and I chose New York to be my home. And you heard that song in the show. Uh, Quiero que Nueva York sea mi casa. I really wanted to live in New York. I wanted to pursue my musical career, career there and see where it could take me from there. And mm -hmm. this is how I ended up here talking to you in California. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, I want people to know that, you know, I'm a Mexican American singer, songwriter, and, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't define myself entirely as an activist as I think that's a huge role. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm first a musician, and, you know, but, but I do, I, 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 I am thinking all the time about, about what I can do. Yes. Uh, and in my, in my field of work, which is uh, playing music for, for children and families, I, I'm th always thinking about those messages, right? Like we were saying before, and, and it's huge responsibility, uh, you know, um, some people come to me and say, oh, I'm glad to see you as an ambassador of our Latin culture in this, you know, in this mm -hmm. genre of children music. And I'm like, oh, I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you, you put it that way, it's, ah, you know, it's a lot of weight and I love it, you know, mm -hmm. but, but it, it, it also keep, keeps you in your toes, right? Yes. Um, like right now I'm speaking my second language with you, mm -hmm. right? My first one is Spanish and uh, anytime I get interviewed or when I want to, when I speak on stage, I'm always like, did I say this right? Like I'm always questioning myself. Um, but just, you know, just, just, just to give you some challenges of, mm -hmm. you know, who I, who I am, but, but I, you know, I, I, I'm really always thinking about, about 
what I say, how I, how I, um, how I behave, how, you know, what, what I give importance to or not, mm-hmm. uh, on stage and off stage too. Yes. And I think it's not because people will take it the wrong way, but because since you are a musician for children and family, and especially for children, it's important to give the right message and with the songs that you're singing, which is basically love, acceptance, and caring for one another. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's really important what you say and what you sing. So uh, I completely understand. And can you share with our listeners, how was your childhood like in Monterrey? And before you decided to become a professional musician, how was it like growing up there? And what motivated you to decide to sing professionally? I had a great childhood. I... um I don't come from a from a family of professional musicians or singers, but uh, my mom likes to sing a lot. Uh, one of my uncles liked to uh, play the guitar and sing. You know, el tío bohemio, the <laughs> bohemian <laughs> uncle. Um, and I, you know, I spend a lot of time just you know after dinner at family reunions, uh, kind of um, singing with them, singing boleros, old tunes, and. Uh, and they allowed me to be there, and then they're like, "Oh, it is a finada, mija. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you come here and uh, you know you can carry a tune. You know, why don't you learn this?" And uh, they encouraged me from a very early age. Uh, that's just to say that to you know to sing if that's what I wanted to do. Um, I don't think anyone imagined that I would really just go in, into mm-hmm. that career. Um, I actually wanted to move to New York when I was eighteen. Um, and, uh, well, 17, really, I wanted to go to college in New York and study musical theater, which was, uh, you know, during high school, a lot of what I did, mm-hmm. um, musical theater. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, my parents would not let me go by myself to New York <laughs> at that age. And I ended up studying, uh, communications, uh, and, uh, for five years at de Monterrey in Monterrey, Mexico. And and then after that, I was like, okay, that, here's my degree and, and, and I'm ready. You know, I, I don't think I was, you know, running away from everything at home, uh, anything at home, but but I, I somehow knew that, that being in New York, I could... Um, I could do something, something else. I had no idea I was going to be making music for families mm-hmm. that came later in life, uh, how I landed in this genre. But I knew I had to at least um, come up here and, and, you know, and keep singing, mm-hmm. keep training, keep learning, and see where that would take me. Wow. And I just want to let you know that if you want to speak Spanish, you speak Spanish. Okay. Sí. <laughs> and it's, it's really interesting because I also studied communication. Mm-hmm. So That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, we're colleagues. Yes. <laughs> Somos comunicólogas, colegas. And during those four years that you were studying in Texas, Monterrey, mm-hmm. So you still that ha- you still had that itch of pursuing mu- music. So can you share with us? Because I'm many listeners might be studying something that they're not passionate about, but they're doing it because they want to follow their uh, parents, you know, um, orders or what the ex- expectations. What would you say to them? They're still in that path, but they want to step out and pursue what they love what would you say to them and how did how were you able to finish your career <laughs> yeah 
That's a good question. I think many of us are faced with that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they at some point they said, yeah, you know, it's not that we don't want to encourage you to study that, but we don't want you to go away to another country by yourself. You're so young. And I think they were right, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot sit here and tell you, yes, I don't know. I, I lost five years of my life. No, I love. I actually loved uh, going to college and I learned so many things that I still use every day mm-hmm. and um, it was a great experience but what I did was uh, aside from from the classes I you know I was in the musical theater department I kept singing I kept you know taking lessons so I feel like I did two uh, majors yeah. see those carreras eh, comunicación y teatro canto baile todo so you know, in a way, I I made I made I think I made the best out of it. Also, I I felt so lucky. The uh, you know Tech de Monterrey, uh, it's a great place to it study. Is. It was in my hometown. My parents were paying for it. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like I was like, yes, I should be grateful, and I am not gonna let this get in the way of no. I need to go now mm-hmm. because you know at the end of it, I'm gonna be 22 and I can still yeah, go and do whatever. I want after this. So uh, I I actually got like very good grades. <laughs> I graduated with honors actually from my class. I don't think I just like <laughs> handed out the diploma and said, okay, here it is. I took it very seriously because I, I really liked the education I got. I had wonderful teachers. Um, some of them, I still stay in touch with them. They knew back then that I wanted to be a singer and they follow me now and they're like, oh my God. We're so happy you're doing this. So um, I made the best out of it. And I think it was a really good decision sticking to it. Um, I'm a licenciada en ciencias de la comunicación in case I ever need to go find the job on that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It worked out. It worked out. It worked out somehow. And after you gave your diploma to your parents, was that when you were like, okay, I did this. Now I'm moving to New York. How was that like? Because we know that your first album was from Nuevo León to New York Island. So can you tell us about that move? And you were 22. Did you move alone? How was it? What bumps on the road did you ever, were you, uh, did you encounter? And what great, you know, lessons and experiences did you live through those moments yeah uh it sounds so easy right from Nuevo León to New York just like that yeah yeah it wasn't that easy um I was very lucky because I I did have like I said an education I I spoke the language I spoke English um but I didn't have anything else really so what I did was first I enrolled in a a summer program a musical theater summer program uh so I came first as a student uh, for the summer, and uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I kind of I got to live in New York for two and change um, months, and I was like, okay, I, I really have to do this. How am I going to do it? I don't know. Of course, I did not have uh, a visa to work to be able to work. So, um, but I did have a tourist visa, and I could you know spend time in New York and stay with friends. I only had one friend really. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was who's still my friend and who's like my anchor and p- 
pillar in in New York. Um, so he helped me out. He connected me to whoever I needed to. I I found a job in the restaurant business at the beginning, um, and and then I just started auditioning for for jobs for musical theater mm-hmm. and things. And I um, I got offered uh, to join a theater company, a Latino children's theater company in New York. Uh, they sponsored my first artist visa. Uh, Everything within the the first six months, it all worked wow. out somehow. I don't even know how I did it, <laughs> but it but I did, and uh, it everything worked out. Things aligned themselves, um, you know, hard. But also, I was really really lucky. I feel mm-hmm. like I had people around me who who supported me, and that's it. You know, I got over that job, and then I had only that job really. So I had to look for other stuff too, and and then. Years later, a um, couple years later, I got a call out of the blue uh, to audition for a band who was looking for a Latina uh, to join this uh, children's music band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the band is Dan Zanes and Friends. Um, Dan Zanes had a band. Uh, he's uh, he's here from the United States. He plays folk music for families. He had just won a Grammy and he was making an album in Spanish and he wanted somebody in his band to speak, you know, sing and speak Spanish, play guitar. Um, I somehow, somebody told me to go sign up for this uh, database of Latin actors in New York and I did. And so when his manager called this this place uh my name came up and said okay well here's sonia do you want to call her so anyway out of the blue i got this call to audition i didn't know who he was i barely had any experience playing guitar uh but i said sure i learned the tunes and i'll go audition uh i did and uh after like three auditions they offered me the job which included an international tour to australia london played in Disney World, we, and that's what I did for, for the next, I would say, seven years mm-hmm. after that, pretty much straight. And that's how I got the first, uh, my first look at family music, children's music. And that's also where I had, you know, Dan Zanes is my mentor. Um, I learned so much with, you know, being part of that band. And, and that's where I got the idea of putting this project together, mm-hmm. my own band, uh, kind of doing that thing, but where I explored my Latin American uh, culture, my Mexican culture, and uh, and and have something that's folk oriented mm-hmm. for families, mainly in Spanish. Yeah. And during that tour of those, you know, seven years, mm-hmm. what can you share with our listeners? You know, the highlights of it, or maybe the mistakes also that you know, as an, or as a young artist, you might have made and. What of maybe our listeners would would love to know, so they you know have an idea to maybe not make. And what was those lessons that Dan gave you? Because he's your mentor, right? And you know we would love to hear them, so you can share. Oh, yeah, good questions. Um, I learned a lot. I think I learned learned about you know i learned how generous he was i like i said i could sing in spanish um i could sing in harmony i was a very beginner guitar player not that i've accomplished (laughs) much more but but at the beginning i I could say i was really a beginner and and dan said you're the right person for this band and i'm going to teach you what you have to learn Mm -hmm. to be part of this band and you'll get better 
uh, that was like, wow, like how can someone be so generous and, and, and seeing the trust he and the rest of the band had in me um, was very eye-opening about the possibilities in the future, yeah. right? I said, all right, maybe I can do this. I got to have more faith in me, right? Um, highlights, I would say, yeah, just going through... I, we went to Bahrain and the uh, Emirates, um, to Australia twice, London, Spain. We recorded an album in Puerto Rico. Uh, I don't know, so many, so many places. We actually played here at this center on 2010 uh, at the same theater. You saw me this morning. Nine years later. Yes. You're singing your second and first album with yes. us. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and this center changed names. It used to be called the Orange County Performing mm -hmm. Arts Center. And so when I got the offer to play here, I was like, is that, is that the same place? No, it can't be. It's a different place where I was with Dan. And then when I walked in here, I was like, yep, I played this here being a side, you know, side yeah. man for, <laughs> for Dan. Uh, and I'm here. So... I don't know, I learned about, you know, being flexible, being, you know, uh, being generous to other people, uh, being um, open to learning about other cultures through music. A lot of the time traveling with Dan and the band would have special guests from the towns where we were in. Um, and that was really amazing. We have, you know, we, we got to play music with people who, who were, you know, played completely different instruments than what I've seen, sing in different languages, um, and was very, like, a, a rich experience. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I have this show that you saw, and then I also have a show, a live show called Fiesta con Sonia de los Santos, and... Um, We, we've done that show. We did that show earlier this year here in Los Angeles uh, where we bring people from the community mm -hmm. and other artists and, and, and they come in and, and be part of the show. We're doing it in Memphis, Tennessee soon. We did it in New York City and in Miami. So I'm taking things also that I've learned from, from those early years of touring um, and implementing them into, into what I do. And you mentioned that before um, in Mexico, you, yes, you wanted to be a singer, but not really a family musician. And when you go to New York, you start working in this theater, which is family. Mm -hmm. So I think life kind of placed you where you needed to be. Can you now, you, you know, full on family musician, but in the beginning, were there, was there like any like doubts among you? Like, you're like, I don't want to be this. I want to be a musician for older you know audience audiences um when was there ever that obstacle with yourself sure i mean i when they first called me i said yeah this is a band for children you know with dan i imagine like people everybody dressed in one color and like jumpsuits and like super Wigs. you know like yeah. a completely different thing and mm -hmm. then uh when i saw what dan used to do or he still does um and just like Introducing songs and telling stories and then singing about things he likes. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. You know, I have some yeah. stories. I can write songs about, you know, golondrinas or about, you know, different things. So I guess, yeah, there, there was some resistance at the beginning just because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And the references that I had from growing up 
or like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to like dress up like something I'm not or which people do sometimes. And that's totally fine. It's just not who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, you know, I didn't want to have to go <laughs> that far out. Right. Um, but then later just, you know, being a part of this band and seeing the effect it had on, on children and families, what, what we used to, uh, you know, sing and, and, and play wherever we went, um, that was, you said, there's really, this is what I want to do. You know, there's, you know, I can sing for grownups. Mm -hmm. I still do. I play, you know, I play in New York. I have a cumbia band. We play for grownups. Um, and with other projects that people invite me to sing on. But, but this is my favorite thing to do. Because when I get to see children having a good time with their parents or with their teachers or with their caregivers, um, and then coming to me and asking me about things. Like, you could really see their wheels turning. Yeah. And that is priceless to yes. me so um yeah once i started working with, with dan and i saw it you know closely how it should how it was done um in his style i i said i could do this and also something that you know in those years of traveling um people at the end of the shows would come to me and say hey uh you know i loved it that you sang in in spanish for example because mm -hmm. the other band uh with dan was all people you know all from the united states different backgrounds but i was the only spanish speaker mm -hmm. so whenever i would sing in spanish and we come here to la or somewhere where there's a spanish-speaking population people would really feel identified and say oh we want more of that we want more of that so you should you know you should put an album together and you, so that's i was like oh all right maybe maybe i can do this it, it took me a while uh -huh. but that's how that first album mi viaje um came to, came to be yeah so you know the spanish-speaking fans you know planted that seed in you and you were with dan with for seven years mm -hmm. how was that process of finding your band right now and the right collaborators because i think it's always not yes you have the talent and you have the inspiration and the drive right but you also have to be surrounded by the right people to make that happen so how were you able to water that seed by finding the right band and maybe some advice and tips for our listeners who want to do the same but don't know how to surround themselves with the great um the correct people yeah um actually so the first album i put together with i didn't have a band mm -hmm. i just uh, kind of started calling musicians i knew for the particular songs that i w wanted to record and said for example i called sinue who's the leona player here from mexico city um i had met sinue in new york through other people and i said hey sinue you know i I would love for you to play some some Leona in this album. Sure, sure, sure. But just like it's a recording gig, right? Yeah. I was not offering anything else because I did not have anything else to offer. I was just putting an album together, hoping that it would lead me somewhere. I called in Martin, who you saw playing drums today, uh, to play the gaita flute uh, in one of the songs. Um, and, and like that, I, I called many other, other musician friends and, and then after I released the first album, um, and starting, uh, st started promoting that I got offers to play in New York and I'm like, all right, I guess I need a band. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How am I going to do this? So I, you know, I called people who I knew. I called my friend Elena Moon Park, who, who you could hear in both albums. Um, Elena plays violin and trumpet. 
and she is my friend because I met her when I joined Dancing Some Friends. We we I met her back in 2007, and we traveled together for many years, and we became friends. So that was like my immediate. Is yeah. like, gonna join my band now? She's like, sure. Uh, and like that, I you know started uh, calling people who I knew. I you know really the music. Um, that we play is nurtured by everybody's backgrounds. Yes. Uh, you could hear you could hear some cumbia, for example. Mm -hmm. That's really a lot of Martin. Uh, the the second album, Alegría, has um, almost all original songs, which I wrote with Martin. Um, so that really speaks for like the sound of the band and and the backgrounds. Sinue, for example, all things Mexican music. Son Jarocho, Jaranas, uh, Leona, all like that. That's like my go-to person. He's my Jarana teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, with Martin, I learned about a lot of uh, Colombian percussion, and we try to incorporate a lot of that in our songs, like La Maraca, for example. Mm -hmm. Let's do a song about a maraca. And it's like, yeah, great, L let's do it. It should be a cumbia. And, you know, <laughs> and, and so it's it's so important. I would say to listeners, you know, look look around you and see who you admire, who you like, who you enjoy to make music with. One thing is recording. Another thing is being in a band and traveling. Completely different mm -hmm. experience, right? Because uh, you really become a family and everybody's different. Everybody has different backgrounds. <laughs> Everybody likes to eat different things. Um, so, yeah, you know, just being patient with that. And I'm, I'm lucky I, I get to travel um, with people I really like, I admire as human beings and as musicians. Uh, and, and they really bring a lot mm -hmm. to the group. And I want to go back to your first album. And I know it's the the story of your journey, you know, from moving to New York. So you started writing these songs, choosing, selecting, deciding um, to sing My Land is Your Land, you know, in Spanish and English. How was that moment, the process with yourself of knowing what song you were going to put in that album and the inspiration behind it? And when you released it, what were those thoughts? Were, were you, you know, excited to see what people thought of it? Um, and can you share with that with us? Sure, yeah. yeah. So for the first album, I only really wrote two original songs, mm -hmm. which are um, La Golondrina and Tan Feliz. Uh, La Golondrina is that story of, of, of my grandmother and the golondrinas uh, at her house, the migrant birds. And that's the first song I wrote. And I wanted that to be kind of like the beginning because mm -hmm. it's the migrating song, right? And the and then Tan Feliz I wrote it inspired on the years uh, traveling with Dan uh, and and in the recording it's Dan Zanes and friends with me so it's you know that's representing uh, that part of my life um, the rest of the songs I chose because I liked them because I um, I, I felt like they told a part of my story uh, either growing up or traveling in the last years and kind of coming to where where I stand right now, or, or back in 2015. And, uh, um, yeah, and, like, the idea of doing This Land is Your Land, uh, Esta es tu tierra, it's the album opener. I felt like if I were going to talk about migration, um, mm -hmm. we, we should, you know, start with a welcoming song, yes. right? Uh, I love that song. I, I I made that that version in Spanish, and 
you know, a lot of people, it sat really well with them. Of course, there's some haters out there who say whatever they want to say. Uh, but but mainly, I think people appreciate it. Yeah. I had no idea, to answer your question, what was my expectation. Mm -hmm. It was the first album I made. I have this huge statement saying, this is where I come from. This land is mine too. Yeah. <laughs> so I had no idea how it was going to sit. But, um, but it did sit well. And it got some attention t at least to play some shows that led into um, getting a booking agent who actually is the one taking us across the country into writing songs for a second album and now being where I am. So, yeah, I you know, it's really a big gamble. Yeah. Uh, it was just uh, trying to express myself and, and, and think if, you know, hopefully this part of my story will be interesting to anyone. If I can inspire one person with it, then that's great. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, your, your band is... You know, every person is different, right? And, you know, they like different food. <laughs> they have different, um, you know, personalities. And from what I saw, you're the only woman. So can you share, you know, those little moments of, like, maybe those great moments of writing songs together, playing instruments together, but then, like, los, esos, esos pequeños roces, no? That one has with your friends and collaborators. And how, what advice would you give to our listeners that may find those little bumps on the road, but you overcome them because at the end of the day, you love each other and yeah, you're creating art. Of course, that happens. Um, well, this version of the band you saw, it's four men and me. Mm -hmm. But um, but like I said, Elena Moon Park, my friend, also plays in this band. Um, she's not doing this tour. Uh, also, Luisa Bastidas, another uh, violinist, uh, plays. Um, different people coming in mm -hmm. and out. Just this particular uh, lineup is like that. I really believe that, you know, having representation of more women on stage, uh, it's important. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just to cover that, that part, um, and yeah, you know, traveling with, <laughs> with four guys, I, you know, it's, it's fun and I, I'm lucky because they're all very nice, very respectful. Um, they called me la jefa, <laughs> jefa, jefa or Sony. <laughs> um, in terms of writing songs, I've only written songs out of, you know, this band with Martin. Mm-hmm. Martin is also my partner and, um, and, and so you can imagine, you know, yes. with the loved ones is the, it's even harder, right. You know, to, to do sometimes things together because yeah. things get like, get crazy. Right. And you spend so much time together and, um, but, but I've had a blast. Like I think, you know, the songs that I write, you know, complement each other very complement very well with like the ideas he has sometimes he brings a song and says hey I have this new idea what do you think or we just start humming a chorus uh about something and then we you know six months later we're like yeah remember we we're you know trying to write a song um maybe maybe this is the way like yeah. we hear something they're like oh that's kind of the thing we're looking for um it's fun you know we we keep it creative we you know we for example um this morning uh we during our sound check we brought in a song that martina and i had been working on uh completely new uh just you know guys can you please play it we want to see how it and we had some charts and yeah. sheet music we want to see how it sounds so we know like what we need to change not to play it now but 
you know. So they're like, yeah, you know, people give feedback along the way. Uh, some people are more concerned with the lyrics. Other ones are like, yeah, no, this this uh, melody should be like this, or it's too long, or it's too slow, or it's too... So you find a way. So the songs you heard today, for example, it's songs that we've been playing for a mm -hmm. while, most of them. Um, and But always bringing in new material to a show, it's very exciting. Yes. But it has to be right. Yeah. And it has to be tested in some way and played a few times for it to feel real. And, and we're all for writing original songs that have the message we want somehow and that are positive and that we think they're going to, you know, bring something good to our audience. Yeah. And you said something really important, bringing a positive message to your audience. And Alegria does that. It's happiness. And in your concert, seeing you sing, I felt so much joy and happiness. Can you share with us how the process of deciding to start your second album, of writing original songs, and just, I want to share with us, because um, in the second album, I felt like I was in Macondo, <laughs> in Cien Años de Soledad, A Hundred Years of Solitude, and I just felt like I was transported to th there and, and back in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. And yeah, can you share the moment of writing that message? Yeah, alegría. Well, that came, um, this, you know, personal anecdote, um, thinking about my mom saying to me, uh, yeah, Antonia, you, you were born smiling. And I'm like, what? You know, she just says that. Uh, said, what do you mean? Every, every baby is born crying. I don't understand. She's like, yeah, well, yeah, you cried a little bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but from very early on, from the moment where you, like, opened your eyes and saw the world around you, you were just happy to be in it. Like, people could say it's the happiest baby. Just like, you know, you had this glow. And that's why, she says, that's why you are how you are. What do you mean? She's like, yeah, you're smiling. You do this. Like, you have that in you. Not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I thought, well, that's that's good. I should keep that in mind. Because sometimes I don't feel like smiling at all. And I feel like people, no matter what age, it happens. You know, kids yeah. have a bad day at school. Or they their tummy hurts or whatever it is. And And what I like to say is, well, if I have this thought that happiness and joy is inside of me is within me who says that I can't go back to that thought whenever I feel sad and um and I wanted to share that with children and say you know families uh, especially like Latino families here are a lot of them not having a great time in this country right now and people need some something to 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 hang on to so I said well um Why don't we do an album about happiness, about finding... Uh, I'm going to share the things that make me happy in my world. And maybe it'll get you thinking about the things in your life that make you happy. And that's going to hopefully help. Yes. And I think it did help a lot. Um, I personally, I, my home for me is Mexico City. And, you know, you saying transporting you to your happy moments, it definitely transported me to my happy moments in Mexico City. That's so nice. <laughs> and you said something that you, you're normally happy and you love to smile, but as a musician for children and family, can you share those moments where like maybe you're not feeling to smile, but you have to do it because you're, you know, you're a friend of children and you have to transmit that happiness. What, do you, what are the things that you do to get yourself in that moment, in the moment that the kids deserve to see. 
it happens. It happens a lot. Um, I think just thinking about priorities. This is an example. Me walking into a theater venue early in the morning because we have a show for kids at like 9 a.m. And so we get there at 7. So sometimes the crew isn't happy. And I'm not saying this happens all the time. I'm going to clarify. But it's happened. Yeah. Crew isn't happy to see us at that time because maybe they work a late show or whatever it is. But they're like, yeah, who's this kid's band? Whatever, you know. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, hi. Well, this is a, this is a, my guitar. And uh, can I plug in my, my haran? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, it's like mm -hmm. dismissive, sometimes disrespectful. I'm a woman leading a band. And, you know, sometimes people in the crew can be tough. Sometimes it could be lovely. But at that early point in the morning where, like, you're looking for a coffee, <laughs> you, you're like, oh, no, what is this? Is this going to be hell? Like, these people are running sound for us. This is going to be crazy. Or this is, you know. And then I'm like, all right, kids who are coming to the show have no idea. No, you know, it's not the problem, you know. Or people paid to be here today. It's, you know, it's not their problem that I, you know, I feel this way or somebody disrespected me. I'm just going to really make the most out of it. And if I have to go and have a conversation to whoever said something inappropriate, then I'm going to go do that in the best way that I can using, you know, all my heart and my brain. Uh, but I can't, you know, go like, ah, this is crazy. And then, you know, start a fight. Yeah. Right. Um, So, yeah, those those moments happen. And I don't think it only happens in children's music. I do feel like sometimes people look down on you and you say, oh, yeah, I'm a musician, you know. Oh, yeah, what do you play? I play for children. Oh, okay. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Like, like, like children's parties? Yeah, I've done some, but, yeah, I also play in theaters. I play, uh, you know, festivals. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. That's nice. But it's like. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's a little, uh, como se dice, como condescendiente, condescending, yeah. Sí. Eh, and and I and I've talked about this with other family musicians, who are like, all right, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it happens. So that's an example where I'm like, all right, priorities. I'm here to do this. I'm here because I love to sing this for children. And it really doesn't matter if that person's having a bad day. I'm gonna do my best. Yeah. And I love that you don't treat children like unintelligent beings. Children are intelligent. And Sinue downstairs says something. Yeah, they're, they're intelligent. They know what you're thinking. And the message, the way you speak to them, the way you sing to them, it's this, you just open to them and you give them the confidence to be themselves in the concert. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't don't think that automatically and that's why they're so condescending and what do you say to those people that are condescending to our future generation of children that are going to grow up and you know take control of this country and of the world what do you say to those people they're the ones who are really um you know you see if you watch the news yesterday young people are really fighting for this world uh they're having their voices being heard Um, and it's so imp it's more important to play for these children than for people who are, you know, drunk at a bar. Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, I'm not saying they're all drunk, but <laughs> that's something. A lot of the time they're listening. But I'm just saying, you know, the 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 glamorous part of of 
of of being another kind of musician is and you know compared to this playing doing a sound check at 8 a.m and playing at 11 or 10 um you know the priority is not you know going outside and having the cameras waiting for me and like i'm not in it for that you know, I'm in it because I like what I do. I do sing uh, things that I like. So, so yeah, we don't talk down to kids. That's because nothing is done on stage without me, uh, you know, liking it. Of course, I, I sing about things I like. I play the instruments I like. I sing in the, uh, you know, we play in the rhythms we like. We try to mention different countries. Uh, we... Um, we encourage everybody in the band to like be their their best yes. and uh, and applaud each other, and um, and I think it's really important actually. And you saw um, a sensory friendly show. Uh, I don't know if you know if you knew about yeah. uh, about that, but that's something we're really um, trying to start. Uh, having available, um, so the you know there's very little. Very little changes in the way we play or we do our show that make a huge difference on the other side for for children uh, who are on the autism spectrum. Um, and we were happy, you know, the, the, this venue asked us to, if we wanted to do a sensory friendly show, and we we're so happy to be able to do that. And children right now, you said something important that earlier in the sh in the episode are suffering. And especially our, you know, Latino children, you know, they're, they're locked in cages. Mm -hmm. And as a family musician, how do you feel? And because I imagine, you know, we may have different feelings, but as a family musician, what's your feelings and thoughts of what's happening to our children? And I know that you sang in front of the White House. Um, can you share the decision of doing that um what was the experience like and what do you say to those children because i think it's, you know they may not hear us but you know to our listeners it's important to know that we're there yeah well f i think I that first hits me as a human being uh, you know not 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 even you know just like as a musician just as a human being as a mexican-american living here with the, my personal story of migration and um to me, it's devastating. Uh, I it makes me angry. It makes me want to do something. Uh, I try to do something from the point of view from the music side of it. Uh, we had the opportunity in that particular um, time to be in Washington D.C. playing at the National Mall uh, and the at the Smithsonian Folklife Festival. I got invited to do that, and I was with my friend Elena. And uh, and she's a person who I really look up to. She's very informed. She's very educated in all political matters. And uh, and she said, "Yeah, we should we should sing that song, Deportee. Uh, let's go to a White House." And I said, "That sounds great." It has so it has a lot of verses, and I don't know them all. And I, that was my only concern. Mm -hmm. I think I can only sing <laughs> a couple of them. She's like, "Yeah, let's just go do that." And, and and we asked Martine to come with us and, and, and film us with an iPhone. And uh, and we did it. Now, what you said, you know, what, what would you say to children? Um, not that they can hear us, but, but, but they do. But children are listening. And I'll give you the perfect example. 
before I came here last weekend, I played in New York City a show, and one of the uh, th a family came who are fans of the band, and they every time we play in New York, they usually try to come. Um, and a five-year-old girl said to me, Sonia, I have a question for you. I saw that you were outside of the White House in a video. I saw you on YouTube, uh, and you had a sign about in family um, separation. Um, did you do you think the president heard you? Like you were doing that? Did did he, did he hear you? And it <laughs> that's the question. Wow! And I'm like, wow. First of all, thank you for seeing that. Um. You know what? It's, it's not the point if he hurt me or not. I honestly don't think he heard me, but I wanted to be there because I thought it was important. I don't think it's important. She's like, yeah, yeah, I saw it. So kids are listening. These are kids who are going to vote tomorrow, who are, you know, leaders in their community. So if I can get that girl in New York to wonder about why her favorite singer is outside of the White House with her friend with a sign saying uh, and family separation this is the song then we're winning yes. in some way so 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 if she can hear me then then that's a victory for us definitely yeah. and today's concert I we live in Orange County Southern California and it's a primarily Latino community I was expecting honestly to see more Latino families but I'm I was happy to see also white families with their children and you speaking in Spanish and singing in Spanish mm -hmm. and their children, their five-year-olds, and you said something correct. Yeah, you, just by seeing that video, they start thinking their wheels start turning. Mm -hmm. You're automatically sending a positive message that everyone's the same. You shouldn't discriminate people from the language that they speak or the color that they have. And you are, I feel like you are changing. It made me so happy to see so much diverse family, Asians, a family, like Latinos, white families, and saying, knowing that, yeah, when they grow up, they're going to grow up with a positive mind and just loving everyone. Mm -hmm. So you are making a change, I feel like. And, you know, thank you for that. No, I, I hope to, <laughs> to be doing that. I hope. Uh, yeah, our audience is mixed because um, we do realize even if we're in a theater, like we're in an area where a lot of Latinos live, not everybody has money to come to the theater. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the thing. Like we, we get a mixed audience and we like it that way too because it's, it you know, it th this music in particular it speaks to Latinos, it speaks to Mexicans, it speaks to Colombians, and, you know, people get up and dance, and mm -hmm. you know how we are, and and other people, maybe they, you know, they, it's not their roots, but uh, a lot of these white kids have, are learning Spanish as a second language, they have a neighbor who's from Mexico, and I, this blonde boy just told me, you look like uh, one of my friends. He said, you really look like one of my friends. You're pretty. <laughs> He's like, you. But but I want you to know that you looked like my friend from school. And so, oh, okay. And, she, and he saw me singing on stage, leading a band. It all somehow connects. It yes. all somehow makes sense. And, 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 you know, really what I want people to, to do is uh, to, 
to not be afraid of their neighbors, to not mm -hmm. be afraid of a language they don't know, to not be afraid of, uh, of you know, the unknown or, 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 or be discouraged to, you know, if they see something in the news that's not accurate at all and that the, they're open and, and that they have empathy for their, for their neighbors and, and their friends. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, how did it feel like, from Billboard saying that you were, mm -hmm. you know, the most the Latin American children artist to know. How did that feel like? You know, the many years of working and writing and singing. How did that feel? That felt really great. And also, I was not the only person in that that article that came out, which is even better because um, there's some great artists right now that are in the Latin, in the children's music scene who are not. Uh, that present like 10, 12 years ago when I started playing with Dan, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's great to see it, you know, because part of the reason why I started wanting to do it is because I didn't see a lot of it. And now there's more. There's groups, there's groups who are not Latinos who sing in Spanish too, uh, who, you know, talk about Latin culture too, which is great. Um, and, and there's variety on, on, on the countries they represent. There's women leading bands more than ever, I think. Uh, and so that makes me happy. That makes me fa feel part of a family of people who are fighting for in this new wave mm -hmm. of, uh, of musicians. Yeah. And I have to say that the way I was introduced to you mm. was because of an article um, and I forgot the journalist's name, the writer, um, but it said that the only reason why you were going to play in Lollapalooza was because of Latin American artists such as <laughs> Jay yeah. Baldwin and <laughs> Rosalia. Yeah. And thank you, you to them. It says thank you to them. Thank you to yeah. them. And thank you to them. You and the Mexican sin singer, Mon Lafayette, mm -hmm. we're going to be in Lollapalooza uh, and Coachella. Yeah. And I felt like I was slapped. <laughs> yeah, like, what? What? <laughs> as a comunicóloga, <laughs> as someone... Like, do that, your job. Yes. Yeah. Research. Yeah. Um, and then I follow Guillermo del Toro, and then he retweeted that. And I was yes. like, <laughs> okay, let me see this. And I started listening to your songs. I'm like, what? is the problem with this writer. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that you, you know, she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to make a mistake. But you were so open to like, if, we, if you want to talk, you know, like. Still hasn't happened. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you, you, you asked about that. And thanks for taking the time to read and actually get interested in who I am other than if I have a thousand followers on Twitter or not, which yeah. is not the point not the point um and um yeah i all of a sudden i'm like i'm I, you know i got booked for lola palooza and and then you know i have google alerts mm -hmm. of course and, and and then i started seeing yeah you know mentions and i got mentioned in this cnn article oh yeah the latinos at this festival it's great jay valvin is a headliner great news also other artists like Uno, Dos, Tres, Andres, who's another children artist, a friend of mine uh, from Colombia. Uh, Sonia, Rosalia, blah, blah, blah. Great. And another article said the same. And then all of a sudden I see this article and all I could read was, yeah, it's great, Latinos, you know, thanks to people like yeah. like headliners like J Valvin. J Valvin, you know, good for him. He yeah. does not know who I am. Uh, 
And if I earn a spot there, it's because I've been working my yes. tail off for years, you know. <laughs> so that's not accurate. Um, and 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 I felt like what? And then I read, yes, you know, people like have less than a thousand Twitter followers. And I kind of I read it a few times, and I'm like, maybe I'm reading this wrong. I mean, I understand they're saying that they're giving opportunity to people who are not well known. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it, but it's just totally the wrong way to do it yeah you know you could say like sonia los santos is mexican singer who does you know family music and children and is putting out this message in the world that's great you know um not you know putting me next to a number that does not represent me at all um so i i responded to that and yes guillermo guillermo saw it and uh and he's been kind i don't know him personally um I I did uh, get in touch with him a few years ago about a project, and uh, and he follows me, so he saw it yeah. and he thought it was funny or something, or he wanted to help, and he and he and he's retweeted a few of my retweets. Anytime I feel like oh I have like eighty likes, I'm like oh wow, it, it's Guillermo yeah. <laughs> retweeted it. He's so nice. So uh, yeah, that's unexpected. But uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, I, I did reach out and said, hey, you know, if you want to learn more, more about me, you know how you can help. You know, let's set up an interview. Mm-hmm. Right. If you guys are a Latino media plays that are giving a chance to, you know, people hopefully are going to come to a show if you help me. Yeah. You know? And the reporter wrote to me and said, Sonia, yeah, I'm so sorry. I did not meet it in that way. Yes, let's do an interview. And I never heard from her again. So, and I played a little Palooza. It was yeah, great. It was great. <laughs> and I, I want to place, I want to explain to our listeners, because maybe they don't know, right? Um, so this writer made an article. It's a Latino media company, which yes. also like really exploded my mind. But first of all, Jay Bovin didn't open the doors to you. Your work opened the doors to you to be on the Palooza. You know, with all respect to Jay Valvin. All yeah, respect yeah. to Jay Valvin. He's <laughs> yes. doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, second of all, Mon Lafaretz is from Chile. Yes. Uh, Rosalia, she's strike not two. Like, Strike two. Strike three. Rosalia is not Latina. She is from, from Spain. Spain. Yeah. So many mistakes, yeah. one after another. And then saying, oh, yeah, let's set up an interview. And not giving you that space, that platform yeah. to voice and to correct her. Yeah to say I open the doors for myself because of my work because of what are the years that I put into it and it even hurts more because it's a Latina media company it's a Latina writer instead of helping each other out of voicing what you've done Mm -hmm. she prefers to bury that (laughs) those various mistakes yeah and that's you know it 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 happens uh yeah it's funny you you saw that and that's actually how you learn about me um but it does happen i do have to i i could have ignored the comment but then i'm part of the problem i feel like um if we're still only looking at numbers and see who has more likes and who is doing this and who and what to do in order to get more likes and like stop you know mm-hmm. in, in instead of actually trying to be who you are trying to inspire other people to be who they are and bring something positive then you know then we're really not heading into a good direction mm-hmm. and, and 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 i felt like i had the need to say 
do your do your work like you're 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 a journalist mm -hmm. and um and you should help me out so that's in the past i had forgotten about yeah. that <laughs> but but i think it, in, in terms of yeah i mean let's talk about the the constructive part of this yes. you know let alone that it offended me whatever but um Yeah, I think we, we should be, and as Latinos, we're, you know, we really should be thinking about being the best we can and, like, really setting up an example and helping people who are in our community the best mm -hmm. we can. And that's why my comment was yeah. like that. And also, you're a family musician. You're, most of your... Um, public are children and they're not on social media they don't exactly. have twitter it's like excuse me my yeah. my my follow my my fans are like four-year-olds year olds. <laughs> i don't think they can't be on twitter <laughs> parents can yeah. but it's a different thing it's a different thing <laughs> and now i want to talk about that moment in lola pose i wanted to go so much but not this year maybe next year can you share that moment that happy moment with you singing in that venue how was it like and Yeah, just share with us that, you know, experience. It's great. You know, it's, um, it's you know, it, it's a high-profile festival, mm -hmm. really. You say Lollapalooza. I've played at places where I think they're, like, ten times more amazing. I don't know. And people, you know, are like, oh, yeah, she has another show at, like, the Getty Museum, which is great, or Carnegie Hall, which oh, is great. great. But when people saw Lollapalooza, they're like, Sonia, you're a star... I'm like, it's fine. You know, it's a music festival. Um, if you haven't been to Lollapalooza, there's different stages. Uh, it's huge. Uh, it's in the middle of uh, Chicago mm -hmm. in downtown Millennium Park. Um, and there's a whole area devoted to kids, which is great because the rest of it, you know, there's there are a lot of teenagers yeah. and a lot of, you know, other people uh, looking at the other bands, which are these days um, a lot of electronica Um, yeah, it's great stuff. A lot of a lot of artists I didn't know about, um, but that's just me because I'm older. <laughs> and you're focusing on and, and I and I'm focusing on other kind on other genres. But um, but but it was great. You know, there were activities there. There were like drum circles. Um, there's there were different bands there too. It's a, like I said, it's a separate area. But yeah, we played there. It was great. Uh, the response was good. Uh, we played for some families who were really excited to see us there. Um, not just because they liked the music, but just because they liked the representation mm -hmm. of our, our our culture and our community on that stage. So that makes it great for us, really. And you said something earlier, Barry, that's very important to our listeners who are musicians and might be focused on the followers, on the numbers, and not really into putting into the work, or they're in that in between, what would you say to them? What's the best advice that you would give them? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're all in this uh, game because it, sometimes in order for you to get booked for a show, you need to have a certain amount of followers. Mm -hmm. So people fall in the in the way of oh let's buy some followers or like did, let's get this any other way so we can get work and you don't get work if you so it's es un circulo vicioso sí. no it's like a vicious circle that that really doesn't help much but i totally understand from the point of view of someone who's paying to bring a band somewhere uh, that they know that they can sell tickets uh or like a lot of tickets or that they can at least cover the costs of mm -hmm. bringing them i think from the business point of view 
it's totally acceptable, right? Yeah. Um, from the side of the artist, I think uh, if you focus on that every day like crazy, like just following those numbers, it can drive you crazy, I think. Yeah. I, I, I don't do that. Um, I do like getting likes. I do like when people, I post a video about a song and people like it or say, oh, I really like that. Or they have a comment about um, something specific that I work hard in. But Hey, sometimes you just take a selfie in the middle of somewhere and like that's the one that gets more yeah. like, you know, and like, yeah, we want to see your face. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm the right person to give advice on that. I would say, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and hopefully the right people or the people who really connect with you are going to follow you mm -hmm. and that's going to continue to spread, right? Yes. If, if people see, like what you do and like what you share then you you found it you found your 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 audience um yeah but not not to get too crazy with it yeah. i think i think it, it's changed so much that i feel like at some point it's that that's gonna change again, again probably yeah. yeah and going to that we're still staying in that path of advice anyone who wants to be a musician and what do what do you say to them how do they prepare themselves mm -hmm. And any advice that you would have wanted to know when you, if you had been younger and you didn't have? Yeah, I would. I would have loved to study music. I didn't. I. I. I I'm not musically trained. I. I studied singing, like like um, singing technique, with different teachers in Mexico and some in New York. Um, But there was not, like, I had a guitar, for example, since I was 13 uh, that I never played. It was uh, a gift uh, from my godfather. And um, and it was there until I was, like, 18 or 19. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll learn a few chords. Like, if I would have taken that time to learn uh, growing up, it would have been very good. Mm -hmm. um, but... I was doing other things yeah. and I was being a kid and also enjoying life in a different way. And I kept singing. Uh, but yeah, definitely if you want to be a musician, practice, you know, take some lessons, take your time, uh, practice, 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 I, th I think. And, and surround yourself with people who, uh, who, who also do what you want to do mm -hmm. and learn from them. I've, I feel like I've learned a lot of, from, from other musicians who have, Uh, I'm friends with or I travel with like my band I'm always seeing way how do I play this chord like how is this oh yeah here is this rhythm okay no you should you know let's work on it and we're all you know you know teaching each other uh all the time so yeah keep with it uh try to find some classes if you can um there's free classes also in many places YouTube is great too. I found for things that are yeah. specific, like oh, I want to do some finger picking in the guitar, and you can find free videos, for example. And there's some things you can do, mm -hmm. uh, even if you don't have a budget for it. But um, yeah, surround yourself with the right people. And one question that I've been dying to ask you: How do you select the clothes that you wear for your shows i love the skirt that you were wearing earlier uh, and i heard that it's actually hand painted yes 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 uh i yeah i wear what i like I, that one um we had a big show at the new victory theater in new york on 42nd street uh earlier this year in march and uh, i had that skirt made uh crazy dowler who's a, a painter and a fashion designer did it she lives in brooklyn she has her studio at home and uh and i told her what i wanted i wanted a circular skirt 
you know, the old school Mexican mm -hmm. hand painted skirts. That's what I wanted, but I wanted something that had elements that I that spoke to me. And so it has she made it with the flowers, the golondrinas, there's a colibri, uh there the mariposas. We also have a song about mariposas. So we, we worked together on like the elements that we wanted to do and, and she made it for me and now it's my favorite skirt. Oh. It's big. It's, it's hard big, to travel with, but it's worth it. it. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. And any projects? Can you share any projects that are confirmed for this year or next year? What can we expect of you and the band? Maybe new venues? New yeah, album? new venues. Uh, we're, we were just in Las Vegas. We're here. Um, we're, yeah, the West Coast has been good to us. Uh, California has given us lots of work. Uh, we're going back to New York, then we'll come to California. We're going to Memphis, Tennessee, um, and back to California next year. We're in the process of writing new songs, new material, trying new stuff, like I said we're doing earlier in the sound yeah. check today. Uh, so I'm writing songs. We just made a new video for La Maraca, that song uh, that will probably come out soon. Uh, so look out for it. And what else? I have a new show um, that I'm doing with uh, family musicians that I really admire. They are called the Okie Dokie Brothers. If you haven't heard of them, go check them out. Uh, they do what I do, but it's folk American music mm -hmm. uh, and uh, North American music. And they're incredible. So it's a trio show. Uh, Joe and Justin play guitar and banjo, and I play harana and guitar. And uh, and it's a mix. The show is called Somos Amigos, and and it's a mix of their repertoire in English, my songs in Spanish, and kind of common songs on common ground. Um, so I'm excited. We're bringing that to Palm Desert in February. Mm. Uh, so it's a new show that I hope also brings me to many other venues around the country, and uh, I'm that I'm really excited about that. Awesome. I'm, I hope I can go maybe yeah. and see you and, and hear the new songs. And to close this episode, if you had little Sonia back in Monterrey, in Nuevo León, what would you say to her that you would have wanted to have been told at a very young age? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> um, I would say fly. I would say don't be scared. Um, follow your dreams. Uh, a lot of them I had followed. Um, I think there's always a few that are put aside. Mm -hmm. We can't do everything at the same time. But um, but I'm, as I'm growing older, I'm finding that, you know, listening to to my heart and, and, and kind of going, um, going with what I see that's needed in the world and just sort, sort of being open to it. So I would say listen, fly. Uh, and I would say alegría. Yes, that's perfect. Thank you, Sonia. And Thank you. Where can our listeners follow you? Um, where they can? Where can they buy your albums? Mm -hmm. And uh, follow you. Yeah. So my website is Sonia de los Santos Music dot com. Uh, you can buy my CDs there at my website first and foremost. <laughs> then you can uh, also find me on CD Baby, uh, Amazon. Um, you can also stream on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Music sold, and. Um, You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Sonia DLS, on Twitter, Sonia DLSV. And uh, yeah, see you. See you out there.
Thank you so much, Thank Sonia. You. This which this finally, was, we finally, did it. finally <laughs> this this episode has been in the works for maybe since the beginning of Ellas, and I'm so happy to yes. have this conversation with you. And congratulations on your new podcast too. It's Thank great. you. Thank you. you. This conversation was full of alegría and mm-hmm. inspiration and i hope our listeners are inspired by it and find alegría mm-hmm. and thank you for being here thank, thank you. you for listening and you can follow ellas at ellas the podcast and instagram that is e the podcast you can m- email me if you want to share your story at ellas the podcast at gmail.com that is e the podcast at gmail.com Please follow us, uh, subscribe, leave a review, and rate. Um, thank you once again. And you can follow me also. And you know where that is at B-R-E-N underscore J-A-I. Thank you for listening. You'll be hearing a new episode in two weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. If you've been listening to AS for a while, you know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. Ellas is produced, hosted, and edited by me, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. And thank you to Shro who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets. You can download this track on freemusic.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, and follow him on Instagram. This is Ellas.